hey there, everyone. Welcome back to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Tom McCarthy. So happy to be with you. Hope you are all well. I am well and rested, a little bit sunburned. I was down in the middle of Texas for a very long weekend. Hot, sunny. My Midwestern skin almost flamed right off of me. I've already I've already gone into winter hibernation mode. Feels like I haven't seen the sun in several weeks until I was in the lovely state of Texas. So I guess starting off this week's show telling you a little bit about me. Let's talk about what we have on the show this week. It is Nate Craig week here at the Comedy Castle. Nate Craig is one of my favorite comics out there. His album from a few years ago that you'll hear me talk about ad nauseum in our interview, Preferred Customer. I believe I'll put it in the top five records that have come out in the last 10 years. Uh, those in the know know about it. Those of you who don't, make sure you pick it up. So Nate Craig will be the first interview you hear this week. And then I've got a great interview. Had a real nice conversation with local Southeast Michigan slash Detroit comic Robin Gilleran. Loved having her on the show. We had a real nice talk. That will be coming up later in the episode. Before we do any of that, however, let's talk about what is going on this week at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in beautiful downtown Royal Oak, Michigan. It is a busy week as ever. Tonight, the 26th of October, is our Comedy 101 Showcase, Comedy Class 101 Showcase. That show will be at 7.30 p.m. These shows are fantastic. Remember, these uh, in some cases, these are brand new comics who are just kind of starting their journey. Um, in, in some cases, uh, there are comics who've had some experience. But regardless, these showcase events at the Castle... For many of them, it's the first time, and for some, the only time, they'll be in front of a big crowd, uh, a showroom with lots of energy. These shows are fantastic. Make sure you come out if you haven't checked one out. And then it is the aforementioned Nate Craig in town. Four shows, Thursday the 27th through Saturday the 29th. 7.30 p.m. on Thursday the 27th. Our early show on Friday the 28th is 7.15. Late show is 9.45 and then we wrap it up on Saturday, the 29th. Show's at 7 p.m. I don't see any notes on here for a second show. I'll confirm with Mark and Mary over at the castle, but I believe there is just one show on Saturday. So don't dilly-dally. Get your tickets right now. I'll call the castle at 248-542-9900. Better yet, go directly to the website at comedycastle.com. Get your tickets right there. It's super easy. Click a few buttons, whip out your plastic. Done. All right, those are our housekeeping items for this week. I think what I'll do first is uh, bring up Nate's interview, and then uh, I'll do a little setup on Robin's interview. I don't believe I mentioned it at the top, but Robin uh, will be our MC for the shows uh, this weekend, too. So it's nice that we've got two-thirds of the bill right here on the podcast this week. All right, Nate Craig, been around for a long time, originally from Chicago. He's been West, West Coast based for a number of years. I think if, if there's one way that most rank and file non-comics know Nate Craig, how, how you civilians know Nate Craig, is he, for the last couple of years, has been Bill Burr's hand-picked opener. Bill Burr's, you know, probably one of the top two or three comics on the planet right now. So when Bill does his big arena shows, Nate opens those. As a matter of fact, next week, you'll you'll hear Nate and I speak of it a little bit. Uh, he's playing the Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids. And then uh, a couple days after that, he is playing the United Center in Chicago, uh, which is pretty amazing. So a lot of people know Nate through that. He has some acting credits. I know him through two albums. Uh, somebody turned me on to his album, Eggshell. Um, 
I don't know, I guess this came out in 2015, and I thought it was really good. Uh, and the person who recommended it to me had opened for Nate uh, at another club and just said, you know, real good guy, real solid comic. So I enjoyed Eggshell. And then a couple years later, he released Preferred Customer. And I cannot give enough <laughs> platitudes to Preferred Customer. I love, love, love that record. I had Nate on last year uh, when he was in town discussing that record. And I'm so excited you'll hear us talk about it in the, in the interview that Nate has something new. I wasn't able to scoop it and get the exact release date and the title, but it is recorded. It will be coming out and I can't wait. If the progression from, um, uh, I guess Eggshell was actually his second record. Uh, but the progression from a second record to the third was so significant. I'm just wondering what the progression from the third to the fourth is going to be. So that's going to be awful exciting. I think I've given you an essence of who Nate Craig is and how I feel about him. So happy to have him in town this weekend. Sit back and enjoy our conversation. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line is our headliner this weekend, Nate Craig. Thank you so much for doing this, Nate. I do a pre-interview with just about everyone we speak to. It's very rare that, boom, they just appear on the line. But I've noticed with how long-winded I can get, there's no such thing as a quick pre-interview with me. <laughs> I hope I didn't waste no. any of my great questions for our interview on our pre-interview. No, you got to be recording when the phone rings and then put all that pre-interview interview behind a paywall. That's the move. <laughs> Capitalism. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge yes. fan. They call me pay. They they call me paywall Tommy in in this part of the country. Yeah, we're huge fans, and that's why we're in comedy for a living. <laughs> so I wanted to now. I it doesn't take me much to do prep for a Nate Craig interview because I'm, I'm a big fan of a uh, big fan of yours. Our listeners know how much I love the uh, the preferred customer album. But I did hear on an interview on another another podcast that you've recorded a new hour it's it's i don't know if you can break some news for our listeners but when can we expect it to come out has it been titled what what, what are we looking at man i really wish i could break some news uh we are shopping it currently and hopefully we find a home for it but it will be called live at the green mill we were uh fortunate enough to get the green mill in chicago yeah. mm -hmm. which is uh um kind of a famous jazz venue um you know used to be just about as chicago as you can get yeah. um it's uh you know capone used to escape from people trying to murder him or arrest him <laughs> through a tunnel under the stage wow and uh that's the stage i uh got to shoot this special on and it was just awesome they have one of the best shows that i know of anywhere there on saturday afternoon it's called paper machete and uh they book it as a live magazine, no recording, no nothing. Wow. And uh, it's all, it's like the only kind of, I've, I rarely do you see um, music and comedy work well together. They have musicians, they have, you know, it's the Greenville's like where the, you know, the poetry slam was founded. It's like a real right. kind of neighborhood joint, you know, they, they, they drink as much as they read kind of place, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's just awesome. And to record there was, was really cool. So, um, it looks good. I'm really happy with how the, the team that shot it, shot it up, produced it, all things comedy, produced it. Uh, Bill Burr, Mike Bertolino, Al Madrigal are all executive producers on it. And, um, 
Did they produce the last one as well? No, the last one I did myself with Mm -hmm. uh, the help of um, Dynasty Typewriter, the theater here in L.A. that I shot it at, which is a beautiful venue, uh, independently run um, by a couple incredible producers. um, And I would highly recommend finding comedy there when and if and when you're in the los angeles area um but i did that with them kind of they just kind of were able to record it for me and then i had the post-production done the sound and the, the editing and everything um and then i was i had pitched it and gotten a distribution deal from all things comedy because they were they're kind of like you know all things is is uh you know kind of buy comics for comics and and there's certain limitations that come with that. You know, it's it's if you're trying to maintain ownership for comics, that's less money that your company can make for itself and for any shareholders or investors or people that would kind of, you know, climb you up the ladder faster. So at that point, they were just kind of doing distribution deals. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of producing, like, bill specials, you know, which are which have a, a deal in place at Netflix or something like that. And, like, or, like, um, you know, like they, they did, I think, both of Paul Verzi's specials. They did... Um, they've done bigger specials that, you know, that had a landing spot kind of waiting for them. Um, but, um, for the most part, they were just growing their YouTube and their socials and their kind of, their, their, they were a podcast network and, and now they're kind of, you know, taking on, you know, a little bit more niche projects like Nate Craig live at the green mill. <laughs> well, there you go. And, and, and there's a lot of, comics relatively new to the business or trying to figure this thing out that listen to the comedy castle podcast so there you have it comics your nate craig is showing you how the sausage is made there's there's a lot that goes in to putting to putting out an album especially the further up uh on the chain you go um yeah i mean it, it was a process like like i wouldn't have gotten this deal if it weren't for you know how the last special did and i wouldn't have gotten that in place if i hadn't uh you know, pitched them. I basically pitched them the opening to my album and said, Hey, would you guys want to shoot this as like a short? Yeah. If you heard it, I mean, oh, I it's a, what a, a unique way to start an album. It's amazing. I love it. Oh, thank you, dude. Yeah. No, it, it, it worked. You know, it was kind of like, it was just like kind of, I, I wrote that like the week of and was like, let me try and cause the theater with the, you know, some with the curtain closed and just kind of make the people in the room aware of the people listening on, <laughs> you know, whatever digital streaming platform they're on. And vice versa, you know, make the people listening, you know, on their headset, you know, years down the line, kind of feel like they're in the room and, and they liked it. And, um, you know, I shot it on my own. They were like, if you can shoot something for this, you know, show it to us. And then as soon as I did, they were like, this works. Let's, let's, uh, let's send this out. But like, it's with that, then you get to the, you know, I was able to get to the next thing and, and this is it. So, and, but even in with this one, you know, I, I, it was on me to, to really kind of uh, um, get the lock in the venue and, mm-hmm. and, and, and hire a lot of the people that we worked with. And it's, you know, um, I always, I was uh, naive enough to think when I first got into this business that like you, you know, you would, you would, uh, you would do something that, that they thought was uh, watchable or, or hireable. And then somebody would tie your shoes for you. And that is not <laughs> yeah. how it goes. You know, it's <laughs> you, uh, you, you are the one tying the shoes. I got to let me forgive my uh, this uh, noise in the background real quick. I'll just so you can edit it out if you need to. You know, just in my 
ride here. Sorry. Go ahead. I was curious. I, I first became aware of you um, back with uh, the eggshell, the eggshell record. And uh, um, oh, yeah. Zanies, downtown Zanies, Chicago. Was that okay? And, and, and I think I became aware of it from a comic friend who had seen you. I don't know if it was at the castle or one of the other Detroit uh, uh, area venues. And, and I listened to it. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I really enjoyed that record. But, but when I look at the progression from um, – from eggshell to preferred customer, I it I guess to use a music analogy, one that came to mind, Nirvana. Loved Nirvana the first time I heard um, Bleach, the very first record, and thought they had a lot of things going for them. And then, boom! Twenty four months later, Nirvana comes, or uh, yeah, um, Nevermind comes out and shoots them in, into the stratosphere. So the the progression from the first album to the second album just really blew my mind. So. In, in my opinion, this is uh, this is one critic's opinion. That was how far I thought the leap was in material and delivery from those two albums. Are you consciously aware of the step now you've taken on, on, on this new one that's coming out? I mean, do you feel as strongly about the material and your delivery of it on the yet untitled, un- unreleased album as you did when you had Preferred Customer in the can? Well, I um, first of all, thank you um, for... Uh, the kind words on both of those. I do, if in hindsight, I do feel like I maybe maybe rushed Eggshell a little bit. There's a couple bits on that album that I um, that didn't land the way they they even they do now. If I tell them again, just for for shits and giggles, uh, so much so that I even re-released one of the tracks, the uh, the, the leopard print limousines. I yeah. did it again at like a bar show, um, and I just had it on my phone. And I, you know, I release all my own shit. I highly recommend that young comics, uh, you know, at least know how to, you know, be your own label, um, so that you know, talk about where the sausage is made. I mean, don't get don't give away all your rights to people. You don't yeah. need it, and if you're not famous. Um, it's just a learning process. And once you do get famous, you probably still don't want to do it because by then they're worth even more to you. But, um, point being, um, it was, uh, it was just something that I felt like could, could be represented better. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as like putting jokes out there. And so I re-released it. And there's a there's an, an another there's another joke that, from that album that that I'm like, you know what? I didn't even know how to tell that joke. And I'm and if I do it, I might very well do it on a special down the line because it's such a broad topic that like goes into like more specific kind of nuanced personal stuff that like it's kind of like sometimes you, there's only so much subject matter, you know. So mm-hmm. like, I don't need to you know I don't need to die on that hill of that one bit not working so well on an album I recorded six years ago. Like how not afraid to, to do it again. I always would have, would have, you know, said, nah, it's burned and that's it. But well, think about, you know, I've always thought about this kind of the progression as a comic. Like I think some of my early, like a great premise is a great premise. I feel like some of my early premises were stand up with some of my latter day premises. The problem, the, the, the trouble is, is I didn't know how to craft them. I didn't know. So there's a lot of stuff. This, I guess this would be some advice to up and coming comics is <laughs> don't ever say forever. Don't say, gosh, that bit just doesn't work. I'm burying it. Sometimes you just don't know how to make it work. And that's, I, first of all, I love a new premise coming into my head, but second to that, I like 
finding a way to work a premise that I gave up on. And and right. I, I think that's totally. no matter what level you're at. Totally. I, I, um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you're only going to, the longer you stay at it, the better you're going to get at finding, at fitting those, those things that you know that are funny into your voice and, and hopefully making them work for roomfuls of, uh, people. Um, it is a very interesting part of, uh, just an absurd career choice. <laughs> <laughs> I've um and one thing I'm well, so I, I'm so disappointed that we're limited today. Please let's make sure we make a date when the album when you have a release on it and you're starting the promo cycle. Please keep us in mind here at the Comedy Castle. We're, we're going to have you on and promote the shit out of it. But one thing, if I didn't get to when when I let people know or I, or I tease, uh, hey Nate Craig's going to be in town. We're going to have him on the show. Oh, so many of the questions go. How did he get the Burr gig? How does he know Bill, <laughs> Bill Burr? Because you, when I'm looking at your upcoming dates, holy shit, Van Andel Arena, the United Center for a Chicago guy, that's just off the charts. I may have asked you about this last year, but I've forgotten the answer. Could you kind of fill us in on your association with Bill, how it came together and how you how you got on these tours? Yeah, man, uh, very uh, lucky and happy to work with Bill. The first time I, I got to open for him was in... Uh, was at the Brea Improv. I got the MC for him there, and I asked him. I just asked him. I said, "Hey, man, we." I knew him from the Improv, and then like he, you know, he kind of like uh, dabbled in like ice hockey, and I've always played growing mm -hmm. up. So there was like this kind of skate, and I was just like, I knew him from the Improv, and then there, it, you know, he, we, you know, he recognized me, and he was just like, "Oh, what's up?" And then uh, you know, um, we kind of became acquaintances you know we were by no means friends or anything at that point and uh and i did the classic you know like uh not to not to invite anybody to crash my direct messages but uh <laughs> sometimes you just i mean i saw that he had a day, he had a weekend in uh out in the suburbs of one of these improvs and i was just like hey man do you got an opener and he's like i got a feature but if you want to mc i'll let you mc and i was like a hundred percent you know um, because, you know, out here, out here it's different. At that time I was like, you know, trying to make the leap to headliner and sometimes it's, you know, but it's, but, but I knew who Bill Burr was before mm -hmm. he was famous. I knew exactly who he was. He's been my favorite, one of my favorite comics for like 15 years. So I knew exactly who he was. And, uh, this is, I don't even know, 2010. So he's pretty well famous, definitely in the comedy mm -hmm. world. And I, and uh, I was, I, I was honored to, get the chance to work with him and and um he liked the week if we had fun we you know we i mean honestly bill just likes a good hang you know like i like to think i'm a good hang <laughs> well shit you know you my favorite hangs i'm cut from the same cloth hey let's talk a little bit about comedy let's talk a little bit about the ways of the world okay we'll sprinkle in some sports there a little bit of music uh you know he he's such that type of person i think that's why his his material is so um appealing and broad is he can he can speak <laughs> on a lot of different things that make it funny and your act is very i mean your your your, your act and your style fit so well with each other it's a bill that makes sense you know it's um i like that i like that i have to be very careful not to you know drop in a no i'm serious you know you know it's like that that's in, you know people that are like that are infectious you know so it's just like 
I hope uh, I tried very close to avoid uh, uh, sounding anything like Bill. And even when I, <laughs> I lean on the mic stand, I'm like, hey. <laughs> well, please make, please make sure, too, next week when you're at the United Center that you show no humility amongst friends, family members, past teachers, people who said you're going to be a zero and a nobody. <laughs> Tell them, say, fuck you, I'm at the not United Center. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. No, I, 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 that is a very exciting gig for me. Um, but that said, you know, I mean, there's no, you know, I've been able to do a bunch of these arenas with him. Now he's all the way up to the top and he's selling these places out and these shows are fun. I mean, I have I saw Seinfeld at the, uh, I think it's called the Palace at mm-hmm. Caesars in Vegas. I was, I was on a HBO did a comedy festival there for one year and I was on that and Seinfeld was the headliner and I had the full access pass. I went and watched it. It was like one of the best. I felt like I was watching them at like a tiny, tiny bar, mm-hmm. and the, the the audio was so dialed in, and the audio was not even that like so precise like that in some of these places. You know, some of these older venues, you know, they weren't built right. for Justin Timberlake and Taylor Swift. They were just built for the you know Portland Trailblazers or whatever mm-hmm. minor league arena football teams in Des Moines or whatever. And it's he still is just crushing these crowds on a way that's like. You know, I just think his fans are so attuned and appreciate what you were talking about. Like, he's just got, he's just interested in so many things and he's, you know, never runs out of comparisons or, um, you know, metaphors. And, uh, because he is, you know, dips in and out of so many different, you know, so much different subject matter that like he keeps people uh, tuned in and it's like, uh, they're very fun shows. So I really appreciate you. Uh, saying it's a good fit, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, the uh, audience is a good. It's been really fun shows, that's for sure. They've been really, really fun shows. Well, we can't wait to uh, can't wait to see you this weekend. Um, I know it's. I will uh, say this uh, yeah. just to get back to your the you know, and thank you again for for checking out my albums. There's an issue on Spotify right now. A lot of comics are running into it. Uh, that will be fixed soon. But if anybody looks me up on Spotify and sees that I'm not up there, that is. That is the doing of an over, uh, aggr- uh, over aggressive record label that fucked a lot of comedians, and you can read up on that if yeah. you want. Um, <laughs> just Google uh, "spoken giants." Yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, I will get that reinstated. Uh, and word collections. I have to re-release on a different. Um, I mean, I'm releasing my new album with All Things Comedy, but we have to figure out exactly how that's going to happen. Well, make um, sure make sure you keep us in mind when growing. it make sure you keep us in mind when it drops. I'll uh, obviously I'll get wind For of sure. it too and drop your reminder, and we'll right. we'll dedicate you're, a full forty five minutes when we can when we can dive in proper. Awesome. I was, I just want to say the 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 progression wise this. For the most part, this album I feel way stronger about than for customer because I got two cracks at it. For customer yeah. was just one take. Right. This is two, and that makes all the difference. I would recommend that to anybody. If you can do two recordings, that's not rocket science. Do that, and it will pay off. Um, so that's I, all I can say. I think too, just the, you know. When I think about, and, and of course, I did re-listen to it for uh, preparation of our conversation, but listening to the material from the last album and just how at that time 
with everything that's transpired in our world, not to say that 2018 or 2019, whenever it was recorded, was a bumper year for humanity, but my gosh, pre-pandemic, pre-insurrection, pre-Russia-Ukraine, you know, Russia, Ukraine, it's, it's, there's a lot of dark, deep cynicism on that record, but those almost seem like innocent times to what we're in now, so I'm, I'm so looking forward to seeing what material has been spawned from this latest shit show in humanity. Oh, thank you, bud. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like to see my bits age better than I do. So, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Hillary Clinton challenging Donald Trump to put a swim cap on in a debate. That's comedy gold. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Preferred Customer. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks so much, Nate. I'm glad we hammered out sometime. And let's do it proper yeah. when the when the record drops. Awesome. I'd be honored to do it. Thank you for having me. Take care, take care Nate. Thanks again, bud. Cool, cool dude. We didn't get to talk about it at the very end. Uh, after we were done with our conversation, uh, talked a little bit about Nate's ill-fated weekend here last year at the castle. Uh, Nate, uh, Nate had COVID and had to go into quarantine. I believe it. I believe he only did his Thursday show. And after that, he was, he was trapped and in quarantine. So, wow. <laughs> Let's hope that doesn't happen this time. And we get four full shows of Nate Craig. Okay. Next up awesome conversation that I had with Robin Gillerin last week. Many people on the Detroit and Southeast Michigan scene already know Robin. She doesn't need much of an intro, intro for those of you who don't. Uh, Robin, uh, Robin and her husband, Jason, are a wonderful dynamic, dual, dynamic duo in the world of comedy here in our area. They produce a comedy show called The Hard G Comedy Show. You'll see them at tons of shows and venues around town. And Robin's just got a real great, relatable style. I've only met her in person a couple of times. I know of her a little bit um, uh, in the periphery, friends of friends and whatnot, but I know her from the scene. Real solid comic, real interesting person to talk to. She's got a cool story to tell and looking forward to seeing her open these shows this weekend at the Castle for Nate Craig. So here... It's my conversation with Robin Gillerin. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line is our opener for this weekend, Robin Gillerin. How you doing, Robin? I'm doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me. For, first thing I need to ask you is, uh, I should know this, I have like a Rain Man type memory for area codes, but where is this exotic 614 area code coming from? Oh, I should have probably talked to you about this earlier. It's actually a Columbus, Ohio area code, and it's very old. We oh, have boo! Been, boo! Yes, Just when I was... Been, it's okay. We have been back in the Detroit area for about 13 years, but I didn't want to tell all of my old friends my new number um so i just kind of kept it well uh, i i I always i always hate being (laughs) such like um so a lot of people don't know that the mark ridley's comedy castle podcast studios are actually actually in metropolitan ann arbor michigan (laughs) as as the crow flies i'm about 10 miles from downtown ann arbor and uh columbus you know it's just it's in my dna not to like columbus but taking all Things aside, Michigan snobbery and all that, Columbus actually is a pretty cool town. I've had some good times down there. Yeah, it really is. And I remember when we moved there, um, I I just followed my husband around um, my whole life, frankly. But my dad said, you know, you have to be a Buckeye now because they're making your house payment. And I went to <laughs> Michigan State, so I was like, I don't know about that, Dad. 
Um, but yeah, they did. They, six years we lived in Columbus, and um, it was it was a great time. It was very clean. The roads were nice, uh, but we were really happy to come back here. My husband and I both grew up in the Detroit uh, metro Detroit area, so it was great to come home. Several years ago, myself and a good friend of mine. Um, unknowingly did the gay bars in the short north area and we had the time of our oh, life yeah. it, it it took us about halfway through the night so first of all a little a little backstory one of our best friends uh since childhood we've been playing practical jokes on each other forever and this was uh myself and this other guy it was our first trip down to columbus and we really didn't know where to go and our friend um he goes to columbus all the time for work and he knows all the areas and all this stuff and we were asking him for recommendations and he you know he texted us a couple places and he said no scratch that get an uber and go to this place <laughs> so you know he usually has good recommendations and we went there and we did seem it did seem like there was a, a you know it was kind of guy heavy but a lot of places are that and it had the strongest drinks i've ever had in my life <laughs> little did you know someone roofied you well no no i've got see i've got a gay friend so it's okay to talk about him right but um he has told me that one of the things about gay bars that versus um a straight a straight bar is that the drinks now this just could be urban legend but the drinks are way stronger than you would find at um at at a bar where you know it's more mixed or straight people hang out because at at um at a gay bar they need to make the string drinks that strong to make sure that the that everyone kind of stays there versus just hooking up and going home. So they oh, the, the drinks are stronger and cheaper than you could get at home. That's brilliant. I love I love <laughs> when American commerce and capitalism meets people's um sex lives. I, I just think it's, it's such a great well, merger. I do know my friends that are gay do like quality, so. Um, <laughs> oh, I had tequila that drinking. I I had tequila that I don't even know how to pronounce. <laughs> that's great. It was wonderful. So yeah, that's 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 my little, uh, that's my little Columbus story. So I was excited to talk to you because you um, you're one of the people on the scene yourself and your your husband uh, Jason are some of the people on the scene where I know kind of peripherally and I've run into you a few times, but I'm having difficulty placing kind of when you guys came into our southeast Michigan comedy scene. And if you came in together, what's what's your story? What's your background? Yeah, well, I'm happy to share. Um, actually, it was Jason who started. It was this was a long time ago that I called about the class, and he never took it. I got it for him as a gift at Mark Ridley's. Um, and uh, if you know if you know me or get to know me, you know I'm a huge advocate for the 101 class because I think that it is so awesome. Oh yeah, and. Um, so I bought it for him as a gift, and it was a few years later that he finally um, went and did the class. He had gone to a few open mics uh, and was ready to sort of level up. And so that was about five years ago that he hit the scene. And I was just sort of his advocate and cheerleader and following him around all these open mics and bookings. And uh, I got the bug myself. And so I took the class, and I've been on the scene for about three years now. Um, and, uh, I, I sort of had a faster sort of route, I think, than some people, but it's probably because of my background. I, I've always been sort of an entertainer and I, I'm a local actor and, mm -hmm. um, I do voiceovers and some modeling. I, I call it, you know, it's like lifestyle modeling type stuff. And, um, yeah, so, so I just think, you know, being on the stage is a natural thing for me and, uh, I just, I love it. I love making people laugh and 
Jason does too, and it's just been something fun that we could do together. I've I've tried being a lifestyle model with very little success. <laughs> I've I've tried. If you need if you need the perfect guy to pass out on the couch with chip crumbs and you know spilled <laughs> I I spilled Budweiser, you know I'm I, I'm I'm your guy, but I'm just I'm finding it more difficult to get booked as a lifestyle model than I am as a comic. So <laughs> there's all kinds of lifestyles though, Tom. I just I did a job just a few weeks ago where I got to run on a treadmill and have a heart attack. So um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm basically the before model is what I say in my my set. So it's pretty fun. I I love what I do. And, um, you know, I try to fit things I love into every minute of my day. So uh, comedy just happens to be one of them now. My wife and I frequent a couple places that uh, one one's a coffee shop in particular where it's a husband and wife who work together most of the time. And we just laugh. We think we think of the possibility like, God, what if we ever work together and then we just have a good laugh? It would just never, never. One of the things that's successful about us is we are the total yin and yang. We balance each other. There's no way we could work together. So I'm curious in a household and in, 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 in a marriage, the competitiveness, there's there's a competitiveness about stand-up comedy and whatever scene you're in that I, I don't think a lot of people realize unless you're in the scene. So how does that work with you and Jason? If one of you is getting shows that the other one isn't, um, are you truly supportive or is there some mumbling b- beneath your breath when he gets a gig that you think you should get? Well, it's actually probably the opposite for me. And and I am, I don't know, I think there was, there's some sort of gene that's missing in me because I am by nature not a jealous person. I am like really a, a huge cheerleader and I'm always supportive and very happy for anyone that I know that has success. Of course, if I feel I deserve it, you know, there's, there's always that like, Gosh darn it, you know, that Mm -hmm. that person's not, you know, they they shouldn't have gotten that. Um, You know, sometimes that happens. But I I feel like he's my partner. And so anytime he wins, I win. Um, But I don't know if it goes both ways, (laughs) to be honest. I'm sure it does. I think, well, like I said, you know, I did move up the ranks maybe a little bit faster than uh than some people including him but i was just talking to i was on another podcast uh this week actually and uh, i was talking with mark malig who's a local comic that does a podcast and i said to him you know it's not the years that you put in it's the hours that you put in Mm -hmm. and i probably have more time than jason does you know he has a full-time job as a physician Mm -hmm. Um, you know he makes our house payment with that money and so i i feel like um i I hope he doesn't get upset if i get a booking um you know there's all lady shows that he can't get on or you know things that he can't get off work on a friday to do a thursday show in bad acts or whatever you know so I'm able to do things that he's not able to do, but I hope that he thinks, and I do think that we are a team and, and we're here to support each other and lift each other up. Well, I, I also think credit where credit's due. Um, and I don't think, I don't think I've seen your act since the springtime, but you've got an act, as we say in the business that plays, it plays a lot of different places, which opens up opportunity, especially if you, especially if you're opening up shows or middling shows, um, there's just, um, there's a lot of, of work that you can get and kudos, kudos to you. That's kind of, well, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say that's the goal for some people. It isn't the goal, but if you're going to put this much blood, sweat and tears into something, you may as well get booked doing it and make some money as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to be relatable. Right. And so I try and, um, I, you know, I'm even, I've been connecting 
with some African-American comics, and I really want to be good in those rooms, too. Um, you know, I, and I'm not yet. <laughs> it's something I'm working on. I want to be relatable to everyone, but I also want to tell jokes that are um, personal to me. Um, so that's important. But, um, yeah, I mean, oh, it's yeah. been great. I've, gosh, you know, you start where you start, and you play the rooms that you play, and then as time goes on, uh, naturally, you need to learn to play in front of uh, different crowds. And in mm-hmm. my in my progression, I remember I started playing Canadian rooms and black rooms at about the same time. And they're both such a different animal than the rooms I had been playing. But as time goes on, if you inherently, if your personality and what you have to say is likable, regardless of the crowd and, 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 and what type of room it is, sometimes you'll see, uh, I always think the best experience, not only in life, but in comedy in particular is if it's a diverse room and it's a mix, you know, there's people from different backgrounds. Yes. It's, it's such a rush entertaining people of all backgrounds. Uh, but yeah, there are different, different strokes for different folks. I was shocked at how poorly I went over in Canada for like the first year I played it. I was like, oh my God, Canadians are the nicest, friendliest people in the world. Why do they hate me? What does that say about me? <laughs> not enough A's. Not enough A's in your set. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went I went heavy on the hockey and lover boy jokes and I knew I shouldn't have. I, I was given bad advice by somebody. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's always a lesson to be learned somewhere. <laughs> you know, another thing that I uh, think is interesting about you and, and Jason, and, and again, just kind of knowing you peripherally uh, the last couple of years, is you're uh, similar to me. You, you're you an adult with, with children and a, and a life mm-hmm. outside of comedy, but you're also very committed to comedy. The more comics you meet, too, there's... Um, you know, Norm Stoltz is a great example of it. Norm was very successful outside of comedy as well as in comedy. And he balanced, he balanced a, uh, I believe he was, um, I believe he was a pharmacist or something, something in, mm-hmm. on those lines, but also a very successful comic, uh, a successful husband and dad and grandfather. And, and sometimes it's hard to even fathom that there could be that balance, but you guys look like you do it. You're you're kind of, you've got one foot in showbiz, but you also have it looks like both feet into raising a family. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes social media is a liar, though, Tom. <laughs> sometimes, you know, things don't work out as planned, and the grass is always greener where you water it. So if you know if you're focusing too much on comedy, other stuff is gonna fail. You know, like I'm not working out as much or. You know, I, I run a network marketing business and maybe that's not going well or whatever. So it's, it's, it is really just about choosing what you want to do every day and making time for the things that are the most important things because you really can't have it all. You know, you, you can't. You, you can have what matters most and make time for, for what's important. And something is going to kind of break every once in a while. So there have been times where we're like, oh, my gosh, like our kids haven't seen us in three nights. Like. We better plan a dinner, and so we will work that in. Um, but yeah, Jason does run a, you know, he has a his business as a physician, and um, he has other hobbies, and so do I, and I have another job too. Uh, so it, it can be difficult to to make it all work. But yeah, Facebook's a liar sometimes. So don't, <laughs> and Instagram too. So yeah, there there yeah. should be. I always thought. Uh, now I've never been on there, but I know it's called Truth Social, the, the the platform that Trump came out with, and all that. But if there truly was a Truth Social where you were required, or there was a filter that it had to, it it portrayed your life as it actually is <laughs> versus the way yeah. you want to portray it on social media. Now that would be well, something. Everyone, 
everyone would be on the toilet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you really when you're posting those things? <laughs> I know. I've I've just yeah, uh, I've I've given up. That's uh, so that's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down because that's a positive phrase. So the grass is always greener where you water it. Yeah, it's true. Well, if, unless you water it too much, right? Yeah. But um, so Jason, um, my husband, came up with this phrase that I think we really like about comedy, and he calls it his obsession. So it's sort of a hobby. Oh, and sounds like a merch opportunity. Sounds like a merch yeah, opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to make some stickers. Um, but it is, it is so true because really, I mean, think about it. You know, he's 50. I'm 49. Um, you know, are we going to make it big? Are we going to have a Netflix special? I don't know. I mean, maybe when we're old and, you know, he retires. But right now we're just enjoying it and we're here to make people laugh and uh, I'm I'm really excited about any opportunity I get um, to grow because I'll tell you I listened to my set from last year I did Halloween last year at Mark mm-hmm. Ridley's I I got to host and um, I thought it was great I got good feedback and I listened to it and I was like whoa it's a lot better so if you came last year come again you're in for a treat <laughs> I have improved in yeah, the last it is, 52 weeks it is something listening to it's it's necessary though if you want to get better you have to record you have to record and listen to it for for a couple yeah. years I recorded everything and then didn't have the guts to listen to it it doesn't work if yeah. you don't put them both it's together the painful part right <laughs> yeah. it's like when you watch yourself if you tape yourself working out and then you watch it back it's like oh I thought it was much more great than I actually am, you know, but um, it's fine. I've, um, I've, on your, um, on your positive saying for the week, I'm going to replace that. My saying for the week has been, I've just, here's the week I've had. Sometimes you're the bug. Sometimes you're the windshield. <laughs> I've been yeah. saying that a lot lately. This, uh, this, this past like couple of weeks, I just feel like I've been the bug. Part of it is the weather. Tommy suffers from seasonal affective disorder, and this mm-hmm. week has been brutal in these parts. So um, I'm headed to Texas tomorrow morning for some sunshine and some 85-degree temperature and awesome. you know, overdose on vitamin C and D. Uh, there was oh, there was one other thing that I, I wanted to mention. So, of course, in, in prepping for the interview, I always, regardless of who I'm interviewing, I always try and find clips and different stuff and things I didn't know. So when I went to your website, I am intrigued. I... I, I will make a bet with you. Um, I will I will wear and market the um, the uh, I don't even know how to pronou- pronounce it. The athletic uh, wear for men and women is it Zaya? It is Zaya. You're right. Like papaya. All Good right. for you. I will do my full set in Zaya menswear if you put me on one of the hard G shows. I will do it. No quit. And you know oh, what? We'll make it even better. Is I will do the whole set without mentioning my Zaya menswear until the very end and then i'll do a full promotional piece <laughs> we'll put you in a commercial look you are a lifestyle model all oh, right totally. i always say network marketing's for everyone and and maybe you found a new calling a new obsession Tom. well people who know me a lot of a lot of the clothes in my wardrobe i don't necessarily have the body to wear but i got the confidence and that's a big thing <laughs> it's funny because the menswear we have actually is like there's workwear and there's sweaters and i just got jason this really cool brown like it's kind of like a fuzzy like flannel button down shirt and there are many comics who have purchased from me i have to be honest male comics are wearing zaya because it's sweat wicking and you know when you bomb on oh. stage you need a good sweat oh my shirt. god you know what that <laughs> might be great. the name of my next album sweat wicking 
that <laughs> just the feeling oh the gosh it's, it really is like when when things aren't going well and you feel the first beads of sweat pouring through your back and your ass crack yep. you're like oh my god so you want to be yes. <laughs> so you want to be a stand-up comic yeah i've got yeah. i dusted off i found a concert t-shirt from eighth grade so i'm getting together with a couple friends um over the weekend uh that i grew up with and, and don't see as often as i would like and i'm going to surprise them for dinner wearing my eighth grade black sabbath mob rules t-shirt and you should <laughs> see how poorly this thing fits on me, the adult version of me, <laughs> but I'm going to, I've got the confidence. I'm wearing it. We're going to a nice place. I'm going to, I'm going to wear it and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have a real hoot. We've got to wear a suit jacket over it or something. I'll help style you. Yeah, there you go. Well, I've enjoyed talking it. with you. We're going to love having you at the castle with Nate Craig this weekend. Uh, you're, 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 you're a burst of positive energy out there in the scene. Keep doing what you're doing and I hope to run into you out there soon. Thank you so much, Tom. We'll get you on the show soon. Cool. Thank you. And there you have it. Two for the price of one this week on Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle podcast. Thanks so much to Nate Craig and Robin Gillerin for their time. Truly enjoyed speaking to both of them. Thank you so much to Joel Fragmeni, who does a great job and produces this week in and week out. Most importantly, thank you to all of you who listen, who download, who subscribe. Make sure you keep spreading the word. Leave a comment. Like it. Share it. We'll keep bringing you interviews week in and week out with the top touring comics in America right here at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in Royal Oak, Michigan. Until next time, this is Tom McCarthy. Thank you. Mm-hmm.